we'll play everybody's everybody's favourite game. So I'll come round you all. We did this a few times last season, and I'm looking for a percentage of chance we've got of winning the league. So David, you were over the optimist last season, hitting out with 66% chance of winning the league when we were six points behind. What percent chance do you give us of lifting up the, the Sins Championship trophy in April? I think we can do it. I honestly do think we can do it. We've, As you say, we've got two games in hand over our broth, and we've got two games against them. I know we're both are our bogey team. We have to break it at some point. And I think we will break it. And I, I, I'll go 66% again. I, I, so, I do think we're so doing wild. it. I think we're doing it. Plenty up. Let's see what he can do with it. And it comes. Header goalwards. Just wide of target chance for Thistle there. So I wild. think we're doing it. Right. Here's, here's my thing. Very commendable that you are so optimistic. And well done on predicting last season's title win. Are our growth gonna? Are their arses gonna collapse like Falkirk's did? Are they? We are eight points behind them at the moment. I think the most we were behind Falkirk last season was eight. Is a similar collapse gonna happen? Are Kilmarnock? Are they gonna fall away? Because we need to make ground on them as well. We're six points behind them, albeit games in hand. At the moment, all being equal, I think we're probably looking at third pushing for second. Right, and I do know that next year when you you will come to us like just before the split and go, David. What percentage chance have we got of winning the Scottish Premiership? And I'll go 66% again. And then we'll all be incredibly steaming in May in the Woody when we win the Premiership and go to the Champions League. Graham, lovely little flick. Cammy Smith, now he's on his own. Cammy Smith completely through, just one man to beat. Shoots, goalkeeper parries it. And it's headed out for a corner. Good play from Thistle. Lovely bit of interpassing in the middle of the pitch. And all of a sudden, we're one-on-one. I think if we can get two first at any point between now and then we will not let it slip and we'll win the title oh, and I think gee. if we get to that position we will at the end of the season be champions that, that is it and I think that's the key when, when they get into that position I, I don't think they're going to let it slip we can keep up with them if we get on a par with them it's not properly cleared shot comes in the one it was a chance chance David we were having a conversation when Livingston their official Twitter account actually tweeted a clip from like a Hibs podcast, like slagging Livingston. Everything's fair game now. This is fair game. Like if for whatever reason somebody from like a growth come on and Inverness or whatever is listening to this, and they've heard you say, "Oh, if, if we go top, that's it. That's it done." Why would you go on record saying that? Can he put Thistle in front in the penalty spot? He shoots. Oh, Hamilton makes a save. Graham hits the inside of the post, and it's in the net. Have no idea how he scored. Is he given the free kick? I don't know what he's given. Is he given a free kick? Yeah. You can clip your, you can clip your shitty clips. I don't care. We'll flick on, and Thistle are in danger here, and it's a real chance, and a goal for Martin. They've taken the lead here at Firhill with a, a real scrappy goal. You, you go away and your wee, you know, um, final cut pro and audacity, and cut up your wee clips and put them as wee videos on Twitter. You do that all you like, but we will win the title. One, no, not one last chance as the final whistle goes and Martin win it by a crucial goal to nil scored 10 minutes from time to win this uh, tight match but Christopher this is a chance gone
Hello and welcome to Draw, Lose or Draw, a weekly podcast covering all things Partick Thistle. Joining me this week to look back on Tuesday night's disappointment against Morton are Jamie McDonald. Jamie, how are you? Yeah, I'm alright. Very disappointed in the result midweek and yeah, we'll discuss it. Yep, Rhys Aldane's here. Rhys, how are you? I am um, not too bad, but feeling, as Jamie said, very deflated after um, Tuesday night's performance and my 65% uh, might be taking a, wee, a few percentiles off that. <laughs> At least you've turned up to defend yourself, unlike Mr. 66% David Forrest, who is not here. Coward. But Rhys Jenkins is with us. Rhys, how are you? Man, I've had better weeks. I've uh, bit, bit got a bit after the game, then the next day I had a, a positive COVID test, so... So I've had some time to think about what I want to talk about at least. We'll get straight into it then. We'll talk about the starting eleven. Obviously the big headline news was no Scott Tiffany. We're hoping he's going to be back on Saturday. Just a knock in training as the, the latest we've heard. Jamie, I'll come to you first. How big a, a shock and how big a loss was Tiffany on Tuesday night? Yeah, it was a huge loss. I mean, it was an instant concern when we look at the lineup and the, the subs and the squad in general that he wasn't in wasn't in the team. Thankfully, it's only short term. He's meant to be back for Saturday, but you could see we were missing something on Tuesday night. I felt there was very little of players taking on their man, which is obviously something Tiff brings to a really high standard. He's fantastic. He beats his man nine times out of ten, gets us up the pitch. I think he's especially effective when he gets to the byline and plays it across. He's got a couple of assists from doing that this season. and He usually just causes havoc for defenders and sometimes we've said he gets double marked out of games, so he's good at even pulling an extra man off onto him and creating some space for other players and yeah we really really liked that on Tuesday and you, you could tell you could tell that something very important was missing. Absolutely. Every Saturday and I'll come to you. Do you think we're Tuesday night showed that we're too reliant on Scott Tiffany? Do other players need to step up and start chipping in with goals and assists? Yeah we're, we're massively reliant on Tiffany and I, feel, I think like we all know that before we'd even seen it because uh, as soon as the team got announced the other night First thing everyone was saying, where's Tiffany? Oh my God, I don't really, I'm not looking forward to this game now. Tiffany's no playing. And it's almost like, it's like the player that you go to watch is Scott Tiffany almost, you know what I mean? Because without Tiffany in the side, as we were soon to see on Tuesday night, we're just, we don't really look half the sides. We don't look half as good as what we are. It, it doesn't help. I mean, like the, the formation that we're playing, we've got two wingers playing and the two the two wide positions are, it's two centre-mids that are kind of playing there. I know Cammy Smith's more of a attack midfielder, but Robbie Crawford was basically a graveyard shift for him. He was playing left left midfield and he's a right-footed centre-mid, you know what I mean? So it was a bit of an awkward one for him. And saying that, I still think that Robbie Crawford done all right, so they're, they're doing okay. It's not as if they're, they're doing a bad job, but it's it doesn't help the team at all. And hopefully Kel McAllister can kind of can kind of fill that void that's left on the right. And, and here's hoping that Tiffany's not too long-term. I've seen, seen a couple of things saying it will be back at the weekend, so fingers crossed that that's true. It's a big worry that when we don't have Tiffany in the side um, and a few other attacking midfielders slash wingers will need to step up to fill that role. Absolutely. We're going to come on to talk about if this side needs to adapt the style, especially at home, for the pitch. But Rhys Jenkins, I'm going to ask you, do you think we should have adapted the formation and style on Tuesday night without Tiffany? As Rhys said, uh, Robbie Crawford was sort of a, a square peg and a round hole out on the left-hand side. Do you think we should have played a different shape to, to combat the loss of Tiffany? How, do you, how did you assess the performance on Tuesday night without him? Yeah, so the... The kind of four four two we've been going with since well basically when we were trying to get we went to when we were trying to get Rudder and Graham in the team it was working wonders for us at, at one point but I, I do think there's maybe an argument that it doesn't suit our team the best at the moment 
We've obviously got Yukubiak in who's shown some kind of good sparks and stuff, but um, not like maybe not the goal scorer that Rudden was. And uh, I think you saw that maybe uh, in the game there where we're kind of building out from the back. You've got maybe Bannigan getting on the ball or Dockett getting on the ball quite deep. And then we kind of, we feel, I feel like they kind of look up and everyone's sort of on the, everyone's kind of pushing up on the sort of on the last man on the defensive line, kind of like, We've got like maybe four or five forwards there, and I feel like we could maybe do with someone who's a bit more comfortable, like dropping in and to solve that. Maybe you could go for someone like Cammy Smith as the ten or something like that, um, or Kyle Turner possibly. Uh, kind of like sort of the link between your Bannigan and Doherty and Andrew Graham and the wingers kind of thing. So I think that's maybe something to point out because uh, with the four four two, maybe we're kind of we've got those kind of four attackers almost. I'll stick with you just now, Reese. We've stuck with the 4-4-2 since Rudden left. And when Rudden left, I remember we were chatting in the podcast. I've seen conversations on Twitter and in the pub about this. Do you think it's a chance maybe to move to a 4-2-3-1 shape, a shape that we have used quite a lot in recent years? I think Archie was a, a fan of it. And it could maybe see somebody like Kyle Turner playing the 10 role and maybe somebody like Connor Murray gets some more minutes in one of the wide positions. Do you see that being an option going forward? Yeah, definitely an option. Um, I think... I think it's something we've kind of seen a bit of, like we've kind of played with it a wee bit, but not it's not been like the go-to. Another another idea I've kind of been thinking, and I'm not I'm not entirely sure if it would work, but I, I've some kind of through the back system where we could really get um we could kind of get the the fullbacks involved as kind of for kind of creativity might might be quite good as well because I think we've got like uh, Holt has been doing working wonders for us this season, but he's maybe not like the most like kind of creative from that left-hand side, but he's such a threat in the boxes. So I really, you don't want to drop him, but we've got someone like Hendry, who I, I thought put in a great shift against Dundee United, um, who's got really good delivery and is quite a natural attacking left-back. So you, you've got someone, we've got someone like him who can play on that left wing-back role. And I guess the problem we've got is at right wing-back where we've kind of gone between Foster and McKenna and we're not quite sure who's best, depending on who's fit. But I, I think that may be a solution for us in um it would it would let us kind of get get the fullbacks up the pitch because I thought that was something we struggled with uh, the other night. Thought you saw McKenna kind of holding back a bit, and we would have the ball, and Bannigan would end up kind of dropping the ball on top of the on top of the forwards and the centre backs because they were sort of maybe lacking options out wide to kind of spread the play and stretch the pitch. Because I mean, it's kind of natural in football, isn't it? So if you've got your kind of got people holding the width, you're going to have more space to play in in the middle. Whereas when you kind of lack that width. You're struggling to create space in the middle because they can the defense can kind of pack it up and close the gaps. But yeah, I think I think a change of formation is something that we could maybe look at. Yeah, but it's interesting you talk about the right hand side. I think the right hand side of the the park has been probably the only issue this season. We've not really settled on, especially in the midfield role. Like Foster nailed down the right back spot before his injury, but the midfield role we've not really had somebody claim that shirt to be their own. Jamie, I'll come to you about right back because Vinnie Ferguson and Callum Grant have asked similar questions, sort of how big a miss is Ricky Foster and is it time to drop McKenna? What did you make of McKenna's performance on Tuesday night and who would you like to see start at right back if we persevere with a back four on Saturday? I don't think McKenna was awful by any means, but I agree with what Reese was saying. I don't think he looked great going forwards. He seemed to kind of lack confidence to take on his man a bit. He was a bit slow to react to things, I thought, sometimes. And I thought he did all right defensively, but I've, I've always said I prefer McKenna as a centre-back. I know McCall seems to see him as a see him as a full-back, but if Richard Foster is fit for Saturday, I think we could make one or two changes to the squad, and I think he's someone that I'd like to see introduced back for that game and mix it up a little bit and 
hopefully he can offer us something because I think he actually has got quite a few assists for us, more than you'd probably think because I think I saw a stat, I've forgotten now but how many assists from crosses he's got for us. It's a surprising amount, to be honest. So I'd like to see him involved and come back into the squad. Yeah, Rhys Aldean, what did you make of the performance overall on, on Tuesday night? It wasn't great, was it, to be honest? And the first thing you always look to is the pitch. You start saying, ah, oh, the pitch wasn't great. And it was. And to be honest, when you look at the penalty, if the pitch, if the goal mouth wasn't as bad, that ball might have just went in from Kevin Holt straight away. Who knows what it got ruled out for in the end. Like We don't know if it was a foul on the keeper, if it was a handball on the line, who actually knows. But in terms of the actual performance, besides the pitch, it almost seemed so so turgid from both teams. No, no side could really get going. I do think that we had the better of it, though. Um, and touching on the right-hand side again, uh, on Cammy Smith, I think Cammy Smith's great at picking up the ball at the halfway line, turning and then running maybe 30 yards up the pitch. But see, when he gets to the edge of the box and he's trying to pick a man out, or especially with his shooting, I think his, uh, his final ball is a bit, it's really bad, actually. His, his shooting's terrible and he almost scuffs it every time. And there's been a few occasions, I'm sure he had one on, Wednesday, on Tuesday night, he was kind of one-on-one and he, he hits it at the keeper. You don't feel confident with Cammy Smith in front of goal. But there was a couple of chances. I mean, there was one in the first minute. I think it was Doherty's shot and then was it Jakubiak's rebound. That was a, a big chance for us to score, but it's almost just it's like a half chance. And then apart from that, the first half, it was pretty quiet. I do think that Morton should have had a still more penalty. It's one of those ones where you're like, right, Kelly got a penalty against us. It was a bit fortuitous, but I thought that the one on Tuesday night was a stonewaller. So you start thinking these things do even themselves out over the course of the season. But I don't know, does it? And then obviously, it's a poor goal to give away. The boy just turns Kevin Holt in the box and it's a tap-in from five yards. And it's a disappointing night all round. After all the confidence um, that we've built up in recent weeks and we've all been talking about the, the promotion push, I know it's, it's still a long way to go. We're still right there with plenty of games in hand, but it does. It really does dent the confidence going into games. So we'll hope to resurrect that come Saturday. Yeah, it was it was a really poor goal to lose, wasn't it? I don't think any of the back four really covered themselves in glory. And then there's a right at the end, there's a sort of feeble attempt to block from McKenna, which I think was sort of summed up his night as well. Reese, I'll stick with you. You mentioned the pitch and how poor it was. Do you do you think we need to adapt our style at home to make the pitch work in our favour? We spoke about last week about how. Teams won't relish a trip to Firhill because of the pitch. They won't enjoy it. So should we sort of turn it into a really tough place to come? Because I thought on, on Tuesday night, we didn't really adapt for the conditions and everything we did seemed to make it harder for ourselves. Like we were playing these passes along the, the deck and putting putting ourselves into trouble with passes that players were struggling to control just because of the pitch. Do you think it's something we need to look at? Do you think we need to mix it up, maybe go a bit a bit longer, put teams under more pressure. What do you think we can do to make Firhill an even harder place to come? Yeah, for sure. that The pitch the pitch was making a big difference the other night. And, and I did think that we'd actually found a way to play on that. Because you look at the Dundee United performance, I thought we were excellent that day. We were creating chances with the ball in the deck and we looked pretty good. Albeit we lost that, game, lost that day. But Tuesday night, it just wasn't coming off. There were so many balls that were pl- played right out of the park. And half of that makes me think that it's just because Tiffany's not playing, but we're, we're trying to force it a bit more. Because there was times where we were going route one, and it just wasn't coming off. But in future, we will need to adapt. Does that mean that you're going to bring in Ross, McKay, Ross McKeever for a start? Possibly. I know that McCall does fancy him at times when he comes on for Graham. So two up top with McKeever and Graham, just long ball. <laughs> That's something that we could see in, in the coming weeks at Firhill. But for, for away games, when it's the astral surface and whatnot, I expect to see the likes of Kyle Turner, 
Connor Murray, get Cammy Smith, even get a few more minutes. And Kel McAllister, there'll be more to come from him. So it's still going to chop and change. I think it'll be chop and change almost every week up until the end of the season, especially with the running games that we've got going. So I think it'll be a case of horses for courses for the rest of the season. Hey, Rhys Jenkins, I'll come to you with the next listener question. Gary Kelly's got in touch and said, why does McCall take so long to make the changes? There were a few subs on, on Tuesday night and they were quite late. Gary Kelly's also said time for a change. I don't know if he means in the starting 11 or in the dugout, but um, why do you think McCall does make, take so long to make the changes? And what do you make of his, his substitutions? Because we are huge McCall fans on the pod, but I think the one thing we do sometimes question is his substitution. So what do you make of them and specifically on Tuesday night? I mean, I think when you talk about substitutions, um, a lot of people seem to go to the game being brought off kind of maybe after like an hour or so every game. And I think with that one, it's so consistent that I almost think there's like an understanding between the coach and the player that he can't, he just can't play 90 minutes every week. And if you want to play start him every game, he's got to come off. So I think with that, I think that's quite understandable, especially at his age. I don't know the why does it take so long to make them. The only thing he could take from that is maybe he just has more faith in the guys that he's starting versus who he has to bring on. Maybe he kind of just maybe he just trusts what he's kind of set out his starting eleven to do. But um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't have too many problems with the changes really. Like I think. I think it's quite an easy thing to blame when you've had a bad result. Is kind of think, oh, like terrible sub or whatever. But I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put too much emphasis on that. Just coming back to what Reese had been talking about uh, in in the pitch, I'm not too sure. I don't. I, I wouldn't like us to. I wouldn't like to see us kind of revert to like just going long every every time, not trying to play football at all. Because I, I think that we've got quite a technical squad. Like a lot of our like you look at our midfield and we we've got good players in there. And I think against like Dundee United, we showed that we can play well on a terrible pitch. And I I, I think that it would be. I don't like it would be playing to our strengths to to revert to some kind of like uh, sort of tough long ball style. And I do think that as much as I was so negative after after that game there night, um, we actually we did have a lot of big chances. And I went um, out onto Y Scout, which is like a kind of online scouting platform, and uh, basically I looked at all the chances we'd had and I kind of noted some of them down. And we had some really big chances we missed. So we had that one from uh, from Holt in the first half, which was was huge. That uh, from about four or five yards out, and he skied it over from I think it was came that dropped down from a corner. Then you had the Kubiak one where he kind of he quite a nice dribble. He he beat his, he got past his man, got kind of pretty close in, and then he kind of stabbed at the ball. It was a pretty poor finish, and that's something we've seen a wee bit from him so far. And hopefully he can improve in that in that way. Then obviously you've got the penalty miss, then you've got the follow up miss, and then I think I can't exactly remember how it played out, but then obviously the goal got chopped off for a foul. But uh, Connor Murray had a good chance at the end as well, and then it's arguable that McAllister could have had a penalty. So when you set it out like that. As bad as it felt at the time, that's that's enough to win a game. And then Morton barely did anything in an attacking sense the whole game except for their goal. So I think that it would be a bit of a kind of knee-jerk reaction for us to sort of change style and say, like, no, we need to change what we're doing at home. I don't think we played well, but we played okay and we probably did enough to win the game. So uh, I would say let's just kind of stick to our guns and, uh, and trust in what we're doing a bit. I think I agree. Like, we asked these questions in the pod, but I think what we've come to realise this, if Tiffany's only out for, for one game, which we, we all hope, there's probably not much point in doing a drastic change. And I don't think any individual played particularly badly on Tuesday night. I thought it was an, an alright performance. And if Tiffany was in the team or somebody in the team to give that bit of spark, that difference, I think the result could have been could have been different. And hopefully with Tiffany on the side, if individuals continue to play like they did on Tuesday night, because as I said, I don't think individually we were too bad and hopefully it will not have too many results like that again this season. We'll move on to 
possibly the biggest talking point, and it is the penalty taker. Obviously, Brian Graham missed and then missed the rebound on Tuesday night. Lots of listener correspondence about this. Uh, Nevin House, I hope I've pronounced that correctly, suggests Stuart Bannigan back in the penalties. Ian McKinnon suggests Docherty takes the penalties. Um, I was having a think about other potential candidates, and I thought Kyle Turner's such a good set piece taker. Maybe he could take the penalties. I know he wasn't on the pitch at the time of Brian Graham's miss. The first question I'm going to ask you all is, do we want to see Brian Graham stay on the penalties? Does anybody want to make a case for Graham staying on the penalties? The only case I can make for Graham, I'm not, I would like to change, by the way, but the only case you would think is he's an informed striker, like he's off the back of a hat-trick, do you know what I mean? But his penalty taking ability just isn't great. He's one of the guys that just will hit and hope, just try and leather it, and obviously the keepers are aware of that. So, yeah, yeah I think it's time for a change. I'll hit, I'll hit you with some stats before I come round you all and ask who you'd all like to see on penalties. So Brian Graham, for ourselves, has a 40% conversion rate of penalties. And I believe the average penalty conversion rate is about 77%. Throughout his career, he has a conversion rate of 71%. So for his career, he's just below the, the average conversion rate. But for us, he's considerably, considerably below. Bannigan for us, he's only ever taken penalties for us. He's got an 82% conversion rate, so that is above average. And other names we mentioned were Kyle Turner, who's only taken one penalty in his career but did score it, and Ross Doherty, who is a good striker of a ball but has never taken a penalty out with shootouts. So, Jamie, I'll start with you first. Who would you like to be on our next penalty and why? I'd like to be Kyle Turner. I've been, I'm hoping he gets a start on Saturday. I mentioned that as well. I want to see him back in the team. I think he deserves it and you know his set pieces have been fantastic this season I'm not sure if he still is but he was at least with the top assist in the league and he's better than playing for us his corners are good his free kicks are good so I believe you have a, you'd have a good penalty on him so I, I want to see I want to see Kyle Turner get a chance on the spot Bruce Heldon yeah Kyle Turner's not a bad shout but the only problem would be that yeah as we've mentioned he doesn't start every week so it doesn't really make a difference if he's taking the penalties when he's not on the park so in terms of Guys that are going to be starting every week. This might be a wee bit of a strange one. Uh, I've seen someone else mention it on, on the Facebook page, I think it was. But uh, I don't think Kevin Holt would be a bad shout at taking the penalties because I do remember at his time at Dundee, like, I think he scored two free kicks against Rangers. So he's no he's no stranger to a set piece. And uh, if he can take a free kick, I'm sure he could hit a penalty kick. Um, and he starts every week. So I if, obviously, if he feels he's capable of doing that, I wouldn't mind seeing Kevin Holt hit a penalty for us. Reese uh, Jenkins, who do you want on the penalties? I think it's pretty easy. I think Bannigan's just the most obvious choice. Like he, as you say, he's above average in his career. He's scored. He's got a good record for us. It's good, good memories as well. Remember the Queen the South away one. I just think that he's a pretty clear choice. He's got the good record. He's also like, it's nice for him to grab a few goals. He doesn't score that many himself. So I don't. Know, I think I'm, I'm sticking with Bannigan. I, th- I think he's the, the clear choice for me. I, I agree with you. I'd like Bannigan back in the penalties. I know he did miss a couple of big ones, but. Overall, in this time, his, his record is above average. He's a good penalty taker. So I'd be more than happy to see him back in the penalties. Kevin Holt has only taken one penalty as far as I can see, and he scored it against Hibs about four years ago. So, yeah, that is a good shout as well. So we're, we're all not keen to see, but we'd like to see a new penalty taker. And we all have different suggestions. So it remains to be seen when we get an, another penalty, if Graham will remain on them. We're going to look ahead now to a couple of games. We have Wraith away on Saturday and Arbroath away the following Tuesday. 
Reese Haldane, I'll start with you. How big is this week? We will have a podcast out before the Inverness game on Friday, but it's three big games in the space of six days. How big a week is this in in our season? Season defining. Um, don't come any bigger than this. So it's um, Rafe Rovers, Arbroath and Inverness all in the space of a week. It's, it's, it's the one that's going to define your season, let's be honest. So a win at the weekend is an absolute must because if we don't win at the weekend, the confidence is even lower and just... And let's be honest, you start looking at the teams that are behind you. I, I actually had a wee glance myself the other night um, and I noticed that Morton, I think it's seven points behind us, but you just have to take an account. We've got games in hand and hopefully they do account for something and hopefully we start pushing our way up the league. So Saturday, massive. And then Tuesday night, like, if we'd won on if we won on previous Tuesday against Morton, I'd be thinking Tuesday night's going to be the title decider. You know how positive me and David talk. But get through Saturday first and then we can look at Tuesday. And I went on Tuesday, would set us on our way. So Saturday first, we'll get the win. And then all eyes on Tuesday. I don't even want to look ahead to, to the Inverness game yet. <laughs> Jamie, what changes would you like to see made to the starting 11, if any, on, on Saturday in Kirkcaldy? Uh, I hope well, Tiff getting brought back in, I think, immediately would be the one that I'd go to. Let's see Kyle Turner start and Richard Foster start as well. And I'd probably take out Kieran McKenna. I'd probably drop Cammy Smith for a game and drop you Kubiak as well. And just play one up top and bring in Turner and Tiff. What about you, Reese Jenkins? Any changes on, on Saturday? I think similar to Jamie, maybe. I'm not I'm not too far, I'm not actually too fast. Like it's more about the shape, I think, than the personnel. Uh, like I I would maybe like to see a move away from the four four two, but uh I don't want to jinx it, but I do feel quite confident about Wraith. Like according to my 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 app, my phone that I was checking before this, apparently they're winless in nine league matches, and uh, I've got in my notes as well, horrible club, etc. So well, I think I'm I'm feeling confident. While we're on said horrible club, personally, I'm not going to be attending Starts Park on Saturday, and I'm not trying to make anyone feel guilty or feel bad about going. We're having a great season. You want to go and see Thistle? That's completely understandable. Personally, though, the £20 that I would pay to get in, I don't want to go towards Wraith Rovers paying off a rapist, so I'm going to give that £20 to Martin Glasses, just given paid for a rape crisis Scotland. He's already raised over £12,500 for them. They're a national rape crisis helpline for anyone affected by sexual violence, no matter when or how it happened. Uh, Martin's done a great job raising all that money. Personally, Wraith Rovers made a terrible decision. None of the directors who made the decision have resigned. None of them have offered to stump up the money to pay off Goodwillie, and I don't want my, my money going towards that. So if you're going, enjoy the game. Cheer on Thistle, but my money will be going to, to Martin Glasses, just giving page for a rape crisis Scotland on Saturday. What about Tuesday night in our broth, Jamie? Um, they are a bogey team. We spoke about this game a couple of weeks ago before it was postponed. Do you think we need to adapt for that tough away game on a Tuesday night? I think it will really depend how Saturday goes. If we put a slightly altered team on Saturday and it does the job, gets us the three points, I think we'll probably just stick whatever we go with, barring injury. I'm nervous for that Arbroath game. I really am. I mean, like you said, Matt, we've got a pretty shocking record against them. I think it's uh, lost four, drawn one since they've come back up and we've been on the same league as them. It's a really, really poor record and we never seem to do that well at Gayfield. We started well last time and then obviously there was the Harry Stone game and he had an absolute shocker and... Yeah, we just that game just fell away from us, and the game at home we never really got started, and they won that game two down. It was another poor, poor performance. 
So hoping for something different. Team-wise, I think it'll be, depending what we go with for the Wraith game, if we make a few changes for that. I don't think the team will get altered for the Arbrove game if the if we win at Wraith, barring injury. So I'm, I'm just anyone will do any three points would be fantastic against Arbrove. Break that hood of finally not beating them, and obviously they're the league leaders. It'd be a huge, huge result for us, given that one of their games in hand that everybody else is against us, and we will have a further two against them over them that were the Queen of the South game and the Dunfermline game, and we give us a massive chance. You know. Everyone's a bit downbeat right now, including myself, after the Inverness draw and the Morton defeat. But if we if we did, big if we win our next two games, then the mood will change again completely. So it would be huge. It'd be absolutely huge. But I'm very nervous. Rhys Jenkins, would you make any any changes for our growth to combat their specific threats and the conditions? I might be galaxy bearing a bit here, but I was thinking, you know, with the, like the way they play, the conditions and all that. Uh, maybe again for Ross McKeever, with this kind of like, I think he, he might offer something if we're sticking with that four four two. Um, he might offer something a bit different to Kubiak. Cause I think Kubiak's really good with the ball in his feet and in his chest, and he's actually got a really nice touch. But uh, I think McKeever offers a bit more in terms of getting up for the kind of aerial jills and stuff. So I think that's an option there. Um, but I think, yeah, just like come back to what Jamie was talking about, people be feeling a bit downbeat about, about these games. I think let's just keep our heads up a bit because I think that we created enough chances to win the game in Inverness. I think we were unlucky. We were unlucky with the result, like really unlucky. And then the game is Morton. We weren't great. We were missing our best player. And we, st- we it wasn't the best result. But like we, yeah, we I think we were unlucky. And then I think let's just kind of have a bit of belief going into these games. And uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we need to kind of revamp the team completely. Let's just kind of little tweaks here and there to make sure that the players are are fit and healthy because it's a lot of games in a not very long time. Uh, and yeah, I think um, let's just stay confident. Rhys Haldane, if on Tuesday night at half past nine we are four points better off in the league, is that a good four or five days for us? I'd have to say yes because it means we've we've not lost any of those two big games. Um, and it all depends as well. So if we drew with Rafe at the weekend, the heads would be down again. But then you'd go to Arbroath and pick up the three points, then I'm sure a lot of fans would take that. It's just, it's, I can't I can't stress enough how big this is for a season. If we if we go and, if we lost both of those games, we'd be snookered and ultimately, ultimately looking behind us. But as Reese has just said, we do need to keep the heads up. We've been on a great run of form and we've just happened to lose the last game there. And of course, your head always your head goes when you lose a game, especially at home to Morton, when Morton haven't created it, and we were pretty dull. But as has been mentioned, we've lost we lost Tiffany, um, and hopefully when Tiffany comes back in, we're back to road sales, and we're back to winning ways. So, yeah, we've got to look forward, and hopefully the only way is up. We'll move on then to our Partridge Thistle section this week, and as both managers were serving touchline suspensions on Tuesday night, I'm going to ask you all, when have you ever been banned from something or somewhere? So David's not here to come in with a sensational far-fetched story. So anyone feel free to chip in a story about when you've been banned from something. I've actually I've got one of these for the first time ever. Um, is that is that about a fan bus, supporters bus? No, no, I'm the only one that didn't get banned that night. Aren't you going So uh, I I remember when I was a wee guy. I, m- I must have been about five after that. <laughs> and, uh, it was in. Uh, Cheeky Charlie's, this, there was this like soft play thing in, um, in Somerston and there was like a wee Freddo that's been melted into like the soft play bit and I was just going on and then uh, the owner comes up and he's like, oh is that your Freddo? And I was like no, like it genuinely wasn't my Freddo, I just got there and he's like, pure trying to like try my mouth open, <laughs> like a wee boy 
and obviously I think my mum or dad or whoever I was with at the time were pure raging and then ended up getting barred from Cheeky Charlie's a soft play thing when I was about five years old <laughs> but I'm sure that I must have went back after that I don't think I, I was proper barred but who knows boycott that place anyway if you're still <laughs> that's what I was going to say I was going to say have you been back since but Jamie Reese, anything to add I've never got answers for this, but I did think of something when you said it there, and I was thinking when when I was at school, so we had like these uh, kind of dances, and we'd have like a Christmas one, we had like a Halloween one, may not even be a dance, just like a pure disco or something, and then um, <laughs> we were like, because we were like sick, you're kind of age, you're thinking you're like you're pure wanting to get like get drunk and all that, and we were all we were all pure hiding in the toilets, like drinking like these like hip flasks of vodka and that, and then like the teachers, the teachers basically find out that we're all steaming, and uh, they they pure haul us all out, everyone they caught drinking, hauled us all out in the head teacher's office, and uh, told us all got phoned all our parents and uh, and told them to come pick us up and band us from the Christmas dance. So that's about that's about as good as I can get for for being barred. <laughs> Jamie, what about you? Any any tales to tell? Mate, my life must seem so boring from the part special. I can never forget anything for these. So I probably got banned off like Club Penguin when I was eight or something like that. I, mean, I have no idea. <laughs> right, you'll need to make something up for next week, make yourself sound. Yes. Ah, you've got a week to write a, a story. Anyway, Reese, Reese, Jamie, thank you very much for joining me. We'll be back next week to look back on hopefully a successful couple of trips to Kirkcaldy and our growth and then look ahead to another big game at home to Inverness. In the meantime, stay safe.